I don't want to make any more announcements than are necessary, except to say to those of you who are visitors in the congregation that we welcome you heartily in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We invite those of you who are in fellowship with the Lord to uh, take the Lord's Supper to your own comfort and to your strength. And uh, we pray that this service will be a blessing to you and that your fellowship with us will strengthen us too. Our second lesson is the lesson which we have, the 23rd Psalm. Uh, all of you practically know it by heart. Um, if you would like to follow with it, it is in the back of your hymn book. I think it would do us all good just to read it. We've already sung it. Let's read it together. It's Selection 5. It's a unison reading. There are 118 words here, and outside of the Lord's Prayer, this is probably the most widely known and quoted part of the Bible. And I am sure that as far as poems or hymns or songs, this must be the most familiar song in the whole world. Let us together read in unison the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. In day 
Some time ago, I was a patient in a hospital for some length of time. It was a large hospital with hundreds and hundreds of patients, St. Mary's at the Mayo Clinic. Most of the large hospitals like that publish a newsletter which they send around to the patients each week, especially those who are there for more than a few days. I had kept a clipping that had been taken from one of those hospital bulletins which told the story of how a very lovely, dainty, fresh, beautiful little girl had been wheeled into and the surgeon, who was a very famous surgeon but a very high-tempered individual, had been up most of the night with emergency cases that had been brought in and he had, had been overworked and was harried and tired. This resulted in his being profane and hard with the other people in the operating room. The little girl was brought into the operating theater and the surgeon looked at her, everyone was tense, because of his temper, but she spoke to the anesthetist and said, please, may I say the 23rd Psalm before you put me to sleep? The anesthetist looked at the surgeon who was in charge and didn't know what to do. He nodded his assent. And the little girl began to say the words, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Well, the anesthesia began to take hold, and she started to drift away, and the surgeon said, Stop, hold it. I want her to finish that. And so she continued the words of the old song, 3,000 years old. And when she finished, the surgeon had tears in his eyes. 
And he looked at the other people in the operating room as if to beg their forgiveness. And he said, I needed that. You can go on now. And then they sprang into action. When I thought of this, I couldn't help but think how many people down through the ages have passed into eternity with these words on their lips. What is it that speaks to us so wonderfully here? What is it that seems to take hold of the deepest longing of our heart and grab us and hold us and make us know? To know the shepherd, if you look into Old Testament history, you will find that Jacob was a shepherd, that Abraham was a shepherd, that Amos was a shepherd, Jeremiah was a shepherd, David, of course, was a shepherd. And as the shepherd king, he used the metaphor of leading his people and of guiding them. And it's so thrilling to our hearts when we see these words, because to be able to say the Lord is my shepherd is a very big thing. The Bible does us no great compliment when it refers to us as sheep, because sheep are very helpless animals. And when they wake up in the morning, what would be the first thought of the sheep? Someone else has already been thinking for the sheep. And so the sheep can say, the Lord is my shepherd. And if the Lord is my shepherd, then I shall not want. What shall I not want? Well, the shepherd knows to look after his sheep to find for that sheep food and water and rest. And the shepherd is speaking here words that have brought comfort to us because we see the green pastures and we hear the murmur of the still waters and we know the rest that only that peace of God can bring. It's interesting that even in secular literature such as William Shakespeare's works, when Sir John Falstaff, who is one of the most dissolute of all of Shakespeare's figures, is dying drunken in a tavern. And he passes out into eternity. That later when Mistress Quickly is asked what he said when he died, in the English that he spoke, she said, he babbled of green fields and soft water. And scholars of Shakespeare believe that Sir John Falstaff, before he was dying, was evidently quoting the words which 
would have been taught to him at his mother's knee. Words from the 23rd Psalm. And of course, those of us who know and love the history of the church in Scotland know that the covenanters who were forced to die for their faith in Jesus often would go to the gallows or to the stake where they were to be burned singing the 23rd Psalm. Now there is great faith here. All of the seven names for God occur in this. Jehovah Rory means the Lord is my shepherd. This is from a metaphor in Genesis 48:15. Jehovah Shalom is the Lord is my peace. Jehovah Rophi, the Lord who heals. Jehovah Zedkinu, the Lord who provides me with righteousness. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Let me stop at that point. I can't take long. But what about righteousness? Are you really concerned with the right relationship with God in 1981? Do you want to live for him? If you do, do you ever read the Ten Commandments or the Beatitudes or the Lord's Prayer and pray through it carefully and seek to put into effect what it means in your life? Then the Holy Spirit will lead you into the paths of righteousness and the Lord our Shepherd is our only righteousness. Jehovah Shammah. This means that the Lord, that's from Ezekiel 48. It means he is my companion. Thou art with me. Uh, people who have subjected this psalm to very careful analysis speak to us of the personal pronouns that are in it. Seventeen times thou. Thirteen times me or my. The intensely personal way in which this psalm speaks to us. The Lord is my companion, that he is with me. We call this thing which we do today, which is the most sacred thing you will ever do on this earth, Holy Communion. You identify yourself with what Jesus died to take away and what Jesus died to perpetuate. That means that you must renounce sin, that you must forgive those who have sinned against you, and that just as really as you can touch and taste and see those elements, just so really do you yield yourself to the shepherd who literally laid down his life for his sheep. This psalm speaks to us of that companion who is with us. He is the God who is there. This week has been an interesting week for me because of our new little friend from China, from Peking. 
She has come here out of a country where oppression reigns and sees within us a softness that is almost repugnant. The night before she left to come to this country, they prayed for her and the opportunity that she would possess. And friends came and brought her gifts, Christians. But her dear father, who suffered 20 years in prison, gave to her the cup that he had in prison for 20 years and the towel that he had in prison for that time. How seriously do we take our Christian faith? These elements tell us how seriously we should take it. We identify with him. In the death which he wrought on the cross to take away our sins. And we identify with him in the serious purpose we have of living toward his glory. And he promises us that he will be with us. He is our victor. That's another of the words for God, Jehovah Nisi. As Moses was in battle and God promised him victory, so we are given a victory in Christ here in this psalm. And of course, he has promised provisions for us, Jehovah Jireh. The provision that he promises for us is to meet our needs. I came from a part of the West where we used to speak of going and buying provisions. It comes from a Latin word, pro-video, uh, to see before. And God can see before us into 1981. And he leads us. He leads us through Christ the Good Shepherd. And in back of us, he says, goodness and mercy shall follow me. Why do I need goodness and mercy to follow me? Because I am haunted by my sins. I am troubled by my failures. And goodness and mercy are to follow me, to keep an enemy from attacking me from behind. This is a great blessing to us, that he has gone ahead of us and he protects us from behind too. He's taking care of us. One of my favorite old preachers was John McNeil from Scotland. And he used to say that when he became a Christian and when he really came to know and to love the shepherd, that the singing of that psalm and the reading of the 23rd Psalm took on a whole new meaning for him. And he said it was almost as if the Lord shook him and said, Johnny boy, I want you to meet two angels. One is named Goodness and one is named Mercy. And I have assigned them to look after you all the days of your life. And when he was an old man, he said, I can look back down through the years and I can say that those two angels have always been with me. Goodness and mercy following me. That thou art with me, 
What a great blessing that is when we go through the valley of the shadow of death. When we know this shepherd in this way. When we trust him to provide for us, to heal us, to lead us, that he is with us. But we have the responsibility to live each day in following him. And what are the results? I tried to copy out some things that I thought might be fit to close with. Well, he promised us rest. And what does Jesus say? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But it's not the rest of inactivity. For he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Promised us water, drink. Well, Jesus said, I will give you living water. To that woman who came there to the well. He said, I will give you living water springing up within you. The forgiveness of sins. And who here does not need that forgiveness of sins? Jesus looked at a sinful woman and said to her, Thy sins are forgiven thee. Go thy way and sin no more. Guidance. That last night in the upper room, he said, I am the way. If we need guidance, we need to go Jesus' way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he said, lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. That's his companionship, and that's what communion means. Koinonia means fellowship with him. And comfort, my peace I leave with you, and my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. So let not your hearts be troubled. Food, he said, I am the bread of life. He that eateth of this bread shall never hunger. And he who drinks of this water shall never thirst. Joy, I am come that your joy may be full, said Jesus. Anything in this life, whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that is, that is consistent with his glory and the glory of God, I will give you anything in the life to come. Paul says, all things are yours, for you are Christ. And Christ is God's. And when I think of those who suffer, look at the little poem at the bottom of our bulletin. Do you see Betty Scott Stamm? She wrote this when she was 20 years old. Six years later, a communist sword flashed and her head was severed from her shoulders and her husband was killed at the same time. But when she was a student, only 20, six years before this happened, she wrote these words. It happened in communist China. As a student, she said, I cannot live like Jesus, example though he be, for he was strong and selfless, and I am tied to me. I cannot live like Jesus, my soul is never free, my will is strong and stubborn, my love is weak and we. But I have asked my Jesus to live his life in me. 
I cannot look like Jesus. More beautiful is he in soul and I in stature than sunrise on the sea. Behold his warm, his tangible, his dear humanity. Behold his white perfection of purest deity. Yet Jesus Christ has promised that we, like him, shall be. And when I read those words and think of John and Betty Stam dying, just about the same within a year of the time that Aunt Gay Curry's little boy was scalded to death, and their other child had died, and John Vincent had died in those terrible years of persecution in China. And then I look at Revelation chapter 7, and I find these words. And one of the elders answered and said unto me, Who are these who are clothed in white robes? Who are they? And from where have they come? And I said to him, My Lord, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones who come out of great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And for this reason they are before the throne of God, and they serve him day and night in his temple. He who sits on the throne shall spread his tabernacle over them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. Neither shall the sun beat down upon them, nor any heat. For the Lamb in the center of the throne shall be their shepherd, and shall guide them to springs of the water of life, and God shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. Let us bow in prayer. O God, our Father, as we come to sing our communion preparation hymn, we would say with the Charlotte Elliot, just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee. O Lamb of God, I come. We thank thee that our shepherd is also the Lamb who shepherds us and who is the perfect sacrifice for all our sins and who meets us at the point of our greatest need and who blesses us with all these things we've talked about. Oh, help us to love him and to serve him faithfully. In his name we pray. Amen.